turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Can you open your Bible? You can also get the scriptures on the screen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. <coughs> Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Shall we read that again together? Give, <coughs> and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. You know, many times we as preachers, we use the scriptures on giving our offerings and our tithes. Also, we use the scripture during our prayer time to ask God to receive material blessings. It might or it might not have worked in our lives, but certainly we cannot take the scriptures out of context. Now, if you want to understand the context of any scripture, it is better to read the scriptures above and below. So that's what we are going to do. Having this scripture in mind, let's again go back to Luke chapter 6. We are going to read from verse tw verses 27 through 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes on you the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who loved you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Verse 35, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unkindful and evil. Verse 36, therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Contempt not, and you shall not be contemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then comes verse 36. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The scripture is not said in the context of offerings and givings as we think. It is said in the context of giving love, help, mercy, compassion, money to those who do not have or those who are not capable of returning anything that they receive. If you can read verse 35 again, but love your enemies, do good 
and lend hope for hoping for nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the unkindful and evil therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful christianity is a totally a different religion jesus wants us to do the things that we don't like to do normally christian life is a sacrificial life you know we may have to sacrifice the normal privileges the normal rights that are available for rest for the rest of the people who do not have christ in their lives people in this world they love to give they love and they give and they good do good things only to those who deserve but christ expects us to love christ expects us to give christ expects us to do good things to those who don't deserve to those who do not don't deserve or they have no interest or they have no means of returning anything back to us for the amount of love and care and compassion that they received you know what a religion that we belong to what a god we serve a religion that reflects its founder a religion is you know full of disciples who are following its mas- their masters master religious principles that are found in the teachings of the guru lord jesus christ this morning i want to title my sermon as extreme giving can you say that with me <coughs> extreme giving don't get me wrong it's not a new theology it's not a new theology but it is a term that i use to stress the intensity the depth you know the the the, the height of giving that god expects us to give when god sent his only begotten son lord jesus christ to seek is to seek and save that which was lost in sin when jesus came to this world and died and gave his life at the cross for a sinner like me it was an extreme giving it was an extraordinary giving it was an extravagant giving it was an exorbitant giving i would say even it was a ridiculous giving that anyone could ever think about it it would it, it, it was a, you know it was some kind of a, you know radical giving that what jesus did at the cross god the father by giving his only begotten son at the cross the scripture that we read luke chapter 6 verse 38 talks about giving and receiving let's read that again 38 verse 38 luke chapter 6 give and it will be given to you give and it will be given to you good measure press down shaken together and running over will be put in your bosom and with what measure you measure and you will be measured accordingly so this morning we are here to ask two questions number one what to give and number two what to receive can you say what to give bible says as we read the scriptures a couple of time now it says give love to those who are unloved scripture says do good to those who are evil lend those who are not capable of returning what they borrowed from you very tough teachings god wants us to give our god has been a giver all along in the life of lord god if you if you take in the life of human if you take at the garden of eden god gave life for us 
And at the Garden of Gethsemane, he gave his life for us. He has been a giver. He gives us food. He gives us shelter. He gives us ability to work. He gives us wisdom. He gives. He gives. All along, he has been a giver. And the same God wants his disciples, his followers to give. His followers to give love. His followers to do good. His followers to lend without receiving. Can you listen to me? Three things. Love, do good, lend without receiving. You know, when we give extremely, we will be given back in good measure. We will be given back pressed down, shaken together, and it will run over our lives. You know, God wants us to give in extreme. God wants us to give extremely. Can I hear an amen? What to give? Number one, love enemies and those who are unloved. Love your enemies and those who are unloved. Verse 32, Luke chapter 6. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners love those who love them. You know, today God wants us to differentiate from the rest of the world. There should be some difference. I don't believe in outward difference, but there will be some difference the way we behave, the way we act between the world and Christ's followers, children of God. We are living in a world that hates even those who love. You know, we are living in a time, it's terrible time, even people hate, even if you try to love. Then how can we expect someone to love those who hate? Understand the teaching of Lord Jesus Christ, just come along with me. The world today hates even those who love. But Jesus is expecting us to love those who hate us. Extreme giving expects you to come out of our ego. Many times we are not able to love because we are puffed up with our ego. God, Jesus wants us to come down in our ego, our status, to love those who hate us. If you love those who love you, you know, that's not the life that brings witness to Lord Jesus Christ. Are we clear? If we love only those who love, that's not bringing any witness to Lord Jesus Christ. Unless we love those who hate us. If you love those who love you, that's not going to bring any glory for God. But God wants us to love those who hate. We need to love those who hate. Church, we have listened enough, enough feel-good sermons. Anywhere you tune to the internet or TV, you all listen to feel-good sermon. Enough drinking the milk. It is time to eat the real meat. You know, that's what we do in this church. It is time to re re eat real meat. Then only we can grow in spiritual life. Then only we can grow spiritually. Our flesh may not feel good, but our soul needs it. You know, our flesh is so used to the kind of worship services that we are into, you know, traditionally or contemporary ways in many ways. But our, feel, our flesh feels good, but what your soul needs is a strong teaching. What your soul needs is a meat that only help you can help you to grow spiritually. It's not about how you feel when I preach. It is about are we willing to change? 
I don't want you to feel the power of God and goosebumps when I preach. But when I preach, I want you to get hurt in your heart. If you feel the power of God and goosebumps, you experience and enjoy and you say amen and you walk out of this place forgetting everything. But I want my preaching to hurt your heart. That's the object to this morning. I believe that's the call of God on me to bring conviction to your heart on what we need to do, how we follow God. But if we love those who love you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners love those who love them. Church, this is a serious issue. It's not just listening and going. It's a very serious issue. I want you to this morning as you are here, I don't know how you came, but you came. I want you to name those individuals that you hate. If you don't hate anybody, that's good. But I want you to name those individuals. Don't tell them out, outwardly. But in your mind, I want you to name those individuals that you hate. How many of us can say, I don't have an enemy? I speak to everybody. I, uh, thank you. I don't really expect you to raise your hands. God is concerned about that. God is concerned about our inward life. I want you to name those names. And going out, we are going to make effort to love them. We don't have any enemy other than the devil. We don't have any other enemy other than the devil. How can our brother, sister who is created in our own image can become your enemy? There is no way. There is no way that's not God. That's not the anointing. That's not the Holy Spirit. He won't lead you in that way. This morning God is speaking to you. It is important that you reconcile. If Christ loved a sinner like us, like us we are expected to love everybody. If Christ could do that, you are expected. I am expected to do that. People may speak evil thing about you. You know, there, there's a complaint that, you know, we all have, people don't understand us, people speak evil things and bad things about you, and within family you have trouble, people are not understanding this, that, and so many issues, people may do all these things, but you are expected to love them. You as a child of God is expected to love them. People may not like us at times, but don't try to avoid them. You know, sometimes we feel that, you know, why to create unnecessary trouble, just let's avoid it. That's not the way of God. If that is the way of God, Jesus would have taught that. You know, if somebody's not loving you, just don't look at them, just avoid them. If, they, if you come across them in the shopping mall, you go through one aisle and then look which aisle he comes out and then you go in the other way so that you don't meet it. Go and say hi to them. Go and just love them. Just find out, you know, what is happening in their lives. You know, this morning, there are many people, there are many people they go through this terrible situation in their lives. They're struggling to handle with those who don't love them. If you don't love those who are against us, what difference the salvation and the anointing of the Holy Spirit brought in our lives? Even sinners do the same thing. If you don't love those who hate us, what is the work of the Spirit of God in our lives? Even sinners do the same thing. But God, if you are saved really, if you are anointed with the Holy Ghost, God doesn't want us to have enemy. God wants us to love everybody. We are talking about extreme giving this morning. Giving out love in an extreme way. There are many people who are not loved. Do you know that? 
There are many people who are not loved. They are longing for our love. If we don't love, if we keep loving our own, if we keep loving our own church, who will love those who are not receiving any love in their lives? You know, this morning I pray that it's very hard to teach this, but I pray that God may open our eyes to listen. We are talking about extreme giving, what to give. Number two, do good to evil. Can you say that with me? Children, can you read that with me? Do good to evil. Luke chapter 6, verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. The expectation of God on us is this. That we will do good to those who do evil in our lives. It's not possible by our flesh. It's not possible by our flesh. This requires a change of mindset. That's why Jesus was teaching this to his disciples. This requires a kingdom mindset. This requires a mindset of learning, understanding what Jesus is expecting us to do, how Jesus is expecting us to behave as children of God. You know, as I said, today there is a great demand for feel-good Christianity. They want to feel heaven on earth, but God wants us to change our lives. You know, the reason why Jesus was preaching on the day is just because their lives have to be changed, their mindset have to be changed, and Paul took it from very beautifully, and he put it in the epistles, and he says that, you know, you need to what you need to have, you need to have a renewing of your mind. If that's not taking place, we will not be able to follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. God is more interested in your love, in your joy, in your peace, in your long-suffering, in your kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control than your tongues, than your spiritual gifts. God is more interested in how you live your life on the face of this earth. You know, this is a Pentecostal teaching. If you are taught in another way, I'm sorry for that. You know, God is more interested in our life. How do we live a life that pleases God and that sets an example for others to follow Christ? Certainly the Holy Spirit helps you, the anointing helps you, but there should be a renewal of mind that we need to allow that to take place in our, in our minds and within our lives. This morning we are talking about extreme giving. You are asked to give yourself prestige. We are asked to give our self-ego Someone says this way, <coughs> when someone speaks to you, if you say that I'm hurt, I mean, God's word hurts us, it's for a good, for good. When you speak to someone, and if you feel you're hurt, it simply means you have ego. If we don't have ego in us, there is nothing there to get hurt. That's the expectation of God. That's the expectation of God. Can you take a step this morning to do something, something good to those who hurt you, those who spoke bad things about you? After the service, give them a hug. After the service, give them a phone call. After the service, send them a heart saying that you love them, you care for them. You know what a joy it will be in heaven when you obey the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and say hello to them. I do this, that's why I speak. 
I do this. That's the reason I speak. This morning, God wants us to keep ourselves spiritually and satisfy our souls so that we follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a growth inside of us spiritually. Proverbs 25, verse 21 to 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. Not to your friend. It's good to invite friends home. But try to invite enemies home. Can we take a step? Can you take a step? Invite somebody who spoke evil things about you. I think we should do that. All of us should do that. If your enemy is hungry, get him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. Verse 22, for so will he heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. What to give? Number three, lend without receiving. Lend without receiving. Luke chapter 6 verse 34. And if you lend to those for whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that of you, that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. We all know about lending money for with interest. I'm sure we don't run any, I don't know what kind of shop it is called, who lend money with high interest. It's against the word of God. God expects us to lend even without receiving. You know, it's tough, but that's what Jesus wants us to do. If we don't do it, we are not Christians. We are not Christ followers. Today, churches and ministries are talking about wealth transfer. How do we transfer the wealth of the sinners to the righteous? But Jesus is talking about taking a portion of your wealth and giving it to the needy who is unable to pay you back. Do you see the difference? Do you see where the church is going today? Do you see where the ministries are going today? We are talking about transferring wealth of the sinner to the righteous. But Jesus is talking about take your wealth and invest in those lives, those unrighteous, those sinners, those poor people, those hungry, orphans and widows, invest in their lives so that they will not be able to pay you back, but you will have your reward in heaven. Jesus wants you to do that. This is what I put together. I always say this, in order to secure your finance. It's an investment strategy. It's an investment policy. In order to secure your finance, invest a portion of your income in the lives of those who are incapable of returning it back to you. Are you planning to buy Bitcoin? Are you planning to invest in stock market? Let's try this out. This works. The stock market may fail, but the word of God doesn't fail. Take the portion of your income, invest in the lives of those who are incapable of returning that money to you. In our context, I'll ask this question straight away. How much of our income is going to support the orphans, the widows, the homeless, who is not capable of paying it back to you? I know some of you do. I know some of you run charity. I know some of you give to orphans, support orphan kids. Thank God for you. But if you don't do it, tie your income to with somebody who is incapable of giving it back. That will bless you. That's the word of God. It's not only giving your tithe to the church. It's also giving to those who suffer. If you don't know 
you ask me, I'll tell you there are many different ways we can do it. And God will bless you. Luke chapter 9, 16, verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourself. God wants us to make friends for ourselves, for heaven. By unrighteous mammon, we are reading from Luke 16, 9. Unrighteous mammon, that means by worldly wealth, God wants us to make friends that when you fail, when the wealth is gone, when our life is over on the face of this earth, they, your generosity, you are giving to the poor, you know, to those who are living, you know, those who are oppressed, those who are not privileged, and you give them and try to make friends with them. And when your life is gone, when your life ends, all the money is gone. Your generosity may receive you into an everlasting home. You know, it's not only our salvation. Bible says we need to work out our salvation every day. What does it mean? Follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot ignore his teachings and say that I'm saved, I'm ready to go to heaven. It's not going to happen unless we follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. Christ's followers are known for their generosity, not for their stinginess. It's extreme giving. When we give to the Lord, when we give our love, to those who are not loud. When we do good things to those who hurt us, when we lend to those who are incapable of returning, we don't really expect anything in return from them. That's the real giving. That's the real giving. I don't know what it means to you, but I try to put it in such a way that, you know, it makes sense to us and grab it as the Lord speaks to you. God admires and favors the act of charity. Verse 36, Luke 6, give. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. <coughs> we know that God is not a debtor of any. He doesn't withhold. He gives. God doesn't forget your labor. God doesn't forget your work. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and the labor of love with which you have shown towards his name and towards the saints and towards ministry. God doesn't forget everything that you do. God even rewards us, even a little help that we extend. You remember Jesus was telling this, Mark chapter 9, verse 41. For whoever gives you a cup of water, can you read the scripture with me? Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. He gives you back. He gives you back. He gives us back. God, how he gives? He gives us in full measure. Good measure, pressed down, Shaken together and running over. He doesn't withhold any blessings in our lives when we give to those who are not privileged. Those who are not privileged to receive such blessings otherwise. Try to give it to a poor child and see the smile of the child. You see the heart of God. We see the heart of God. What to give? God wants us to extend our love to the unloved. He wants us to do good to those who do evil. He wants us to lend without those who are not capable of returning it. Luke chapter 6 verse 37, if you can read this with me. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You can go to the next slide. What do we receive? We know what to give. There are two things I'm just going to go close quickly. 
two things that we receive from God. Number one, forgiveness. If you forgive, you will receive forgiveness. Number two, favor. Can you say that with me? Forgiveness and favor. These are the two things that we receive in return when we give. Let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. When we forgive others, when we love them unconditionally, not because they are good, not because they have done something good in our lives, because Jesus wants you to be a child of God and Jesus wants you to behave as a child of God, when we forgive them, Jesus says God forgives us. I'm not saying that that is the mean of receiving forgiveness. Forgiveness cannot be earned by us. It is by the work that Jesus performed at the cross. But how do we multiply this forgiveness in your life? Is by extending, by forgiving others. That's the word of God. David cries out to God. This is the best way to receive forgiveness. David cries out to God in Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2. Shall we read that together? Have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of tender mercies, blot out my <coughs> transgressions, was to wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is a good way to receive forgiveness from God. But what do we do with the forgiveness that we receive? That forgiveness is given to us so that we can forgive others. We can forgive others. So number one thing that we receive when we give extremely, we receive forgiveness. We receive forgiveness. And when we forgive others, when we love and care those who are not loved, those who don't receive love and care, God presses down forgiveness over your life. God shakes you so that you can receive more forgiveness from Lord God. And he surrounds you with love and forgiveness. They run over your life. Now receiving forgiveness is the ultimate thing that I want to have in my life. Otherwise all my effort is going to go waste. If I'm not forgiven, and the same God expects me to forgive somebody, without forgiving that somebody, I don't think I can go to heaven. And God wants us to do that. Once we do that, we are forgiven eternally. Forgive, and we will be forgiven. If I, I need this forgiveness in me because... If I don't receive this forgiveness from God, sin remains in my life. And that's not good. I want my sin to be forgiven. All of us want our sins to be forgiven. Sin is the root of all disasters in your life and in your family. Certainly we need the forgiveness of God. And once we receive that forgiveness, certainly we need to forgive others. To retain that forgiveness that God gives in our lives. The abuse, the insult, and the trouble that you went through in your life. The hurt that would have made so, that would have been so deep in your life. And you struggle to forgive those individuals. The damage is too far from recovery in your life. And this morning God is speaking to you and he is telling you, my child, this is the time that you need to choose to forgive that person in your life. That will bring great abundant blessing in your life. There's a lot of bitterness feeling in our lives at times when we deal with people. And God wants us to forgive. Number two. When we give, we receive favor. God's favor. This is how I understand God's favor. When I have God's favor, God is telling me, my son, 
I'm with you. Go and do it, whatever you want to do. I approve what you do. I honor what you do. That's the favor of God. That's the favor of God. Remember what God said to Joshua. Can you read that? Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Favor of God. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. The promise just to all of us. We worry about people today. We worry about handling those individuals in your family and you're trying to struggle, you're struggling to handle your spouse. But God is telling you what you need is the favor of God and how that favor comes in your life when you extend your life, when you open up your life to bless those who are not privileged. This is the one thing that we need to do, we need to have, is to have God's favor in our lives. Not just one time. We have testimonies, you know, God showed me favor in my life. Every time, every day, we need this favor of God. So when we give love to those who are not loved, do good things those who are evil, and lend those for those who are not capable of returning, God's favor comes in our lives manifold. Shall we read six, Luke chapter 6, verse 35? But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unkindful and evil. Sonship and daughtership is the favor of God. You have a special favor as a child of God. There's an old story of a boy standing in the sidewalk and waiting for a bus to come. And a man walked by and he saw this boy standing there and he gave some gentle instructions to this boy and he said, son, if you keep waiting here, the bus is not going to stop here. You need to go to the corner of the road. That's where bus stops for passengers. There's no point in waiting here. And the boy said, it's okay. I will just wait here. The bus will stop here for me. The man again repeated to trying to instruct him, saying that bus is not going to stop here. The boy never moved from that place. And suddenly the bus appeared. Amazingly, the bus pulled over <coughs> near to the boy where he was standing. And the child just jumped into the bus. The man at the sidewalk, he was speechless. And the boy who took on board, he was on board the bus and he was standing at the door and he called Mr. I knew that the bus would stop here because the bus driver is my dad. Because the bus driver is my dad, favor. Favor of being a child of God. Favor of being sons and daughters of our God Almighty. You know, when you get into the family relationship with our God, that's where the favor comes. You don't need a bus stop. God's favor comes in your life. If your mother is a senator, you don't need an appointment. You can just walk straight into her office. When you give extremely, when divine favor comes upon your life, there is nothing that is withheld in your life. We won't become, we, we, we just won't become sons and daughters just by receiving salvation, but by working out our salvation every day through the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. Here the scripture says, Luke chapter 6, verse 35 again, but love your enemies, 
do good and lend hoping for nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high the most highest honor that anyone can have on the face of this earth being a child of God being a son of God being a daughter of God that's such a great honor when you have this favor everything else will fall in place it's time now for us to identify what do we miss in our lives suddenly God's favor will lift, lift us up more than being blessed on the face of this year we will be blessed eternally for sure and we will never stop doing what God initiated in our lives we will continue to do good things to others just want to summarize as we close if you all just can stand for a time of prayer when your giving is extreme in terms of loving those who do not deserve whenever living giving is extreme in terms of loving those who are unloved whenever giving is extreme in terms of doing good to those who do evil things against us whenever giving is extreme in terms of lending to those who are incapable of returning God turns back to us and he gives us back in good measure pressed down shaken together and running over in terms of pouring out forgiveness of God over our lives the favor of God over our lives we are not done yet so we are just going to get into a time of prayer this morning just want every eye to be closed